it's Amanda and we're basically basic and guys this morning we are doing part two of our question and answer session and the reason we can do part two is because we have the most incredible basically basic girlies and you guys have asked us so many good questions through our social media that we really couldn't just break it down to one so we are finishing it up this week with part two and speaking of our community we are so blessed by those of you that have either messaged us on instagram or facebooked us or whatever and the reason you've done that is because you follow us at basically basic podcast so if you haven't already Go follow us and yeah, just stay in touch. We want to know you. And even today before we were sitting down to record this episode, Cammie showed me just a really sweet, encouraging um, message that we had gotten on our Instagram, just encouraging us and saying how it's like blessed her life. And so, and honestly, right before or right when I read that and then we sat down to record this episode, it honestly just gives us like a little um, push of motivation and kind of just like... Uh, what's you guys are the pep for? in our step. Yeah, the pep in our step, and just like not really validation. You are the we wind know. beneath my wings. <laughs> you are the you are the Barbara Streisands of our podcast, and we just cannot thank Is you that, enough. It's a Barbara Streisand sing that song. Yeah, <gasps> I didn't know that. If she does it, another. I thought it was. Oh no! Yeah, you are the wind beneath my wings. Fly, fly, <laughs> fly high above the sky. I thought it was Whitney Houston, but it's not. You are the wind beneath my wings is definitely Barbara Streisand. I'm so sorry. And if it's not, sorry. We if need it's not, this checker. is another fester situation. <laughs> so, all that being said, thank you for we love your messages and we read them and they really do just bring us so much encouragement and motivation to keep going. And we just love you guys. So thank you to our BBs. And And honestly, it feels like a sisterhood. Like, I think that's something that I really appreciate because it's so easy to do something and to then be like, okay, is this even making a difference? Like, does this matter? And Amanda and I are both busy. And so to carve out time once a week to get together and to have these conversations, like, not that it's a sacrifice, but it's something that we have to, like, commit to. Mm -hmm. And so when you guys reach out and whether it's a text, phone call, message, whatever, and just say, hey, like, this little part, I needed to hear that today, or the Lord used this to speak light into my life. Like, it really encourages us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So speaking of uh, just kind of fangirling out, (laughs) so my, as you guys know, my birthday was um, earlier this month, and I had some friends over at our house on a Friday night, just like tacos, games, just hanging out, chilling. Well, I have some friends that have never met Cammy in person, and obviously they know who she is because I talk about her and because of the podcast or just whatever. And as I'm like, what, Cammy got stuck in traffic coming, so she was like an hour or so late, fashionably late to the party. I was just showing up late, wanted to make my grand entrance to, to your birthday party. party. You just wanted to show just me up on so my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we do live like an hour apart from each other, yeah, so this is true. wasn't so, planned. We, so I'm like on the couch just like talking to some friends and all of a sudden I see them like start to look out of the corner of their eye and they're like not really listening to what I'm saying anymore and I'm like excuse me I'm, I th- thought I was talking but <laughs> excuse me I thought it was my birthday <laughs> so then I kind of start looking around and I literally see one of my friends go that's Cammy. Cammy's here Cammy just walked through the door <laughs> and I immediately was like wait what and so of course I see like Cammy walk through and then I just start dying laughing because they're all like situating their outfits like making sure they look good like wondering when Cammy's gonna make her entrance into the living room like they were literally fangirling out and so the best part is is we were like making running jokes about it but the whole night they were just like we just love you so much they like knew Cammy's life already like just wanted to talk to her the whole time and so I kind of so, felt like a celeb you were a celeb so what was supposed to be my birthday ended up being a meet and greet with Cammy Avers <laughs> it was 
actually like I brought I brought little things I could sign their books like your birthday cards I actually was like let me take those back so I can sign them and you can take them home with you no but I was telling Amanda it's funny because the same thing happened to me last night like I host this girls bible study once a month in my house and all the girls were like, when's Amanda going to come? Like, is she going to come to the Bible study ever? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's famous. Wow, you're at my Bible study, but like, thank this you. is my house. I'm sufficient for you. But honestly, it's really cool because I feel like we're kind of getting to grow this family and getting to know people in both of our lives that we didn't know otherwise. Yes, totally. And we just love how much – like, I love how much my friends love Cammie that don't even – haven't even met her yet. I just think it's so cool, and I love – what this podcast is doing and so yeah we just we even if we get jealous in the moment it's really out of love yeah it's it's absolutely I mean the Lord is jealous for his children so it's like I am jealous for you you know (laughs) and not only that but we've been so blessed I was telling Stephen the other day if not for anything else I feel like this podcast has opened the door to people wanting to rain blessings of coffee on my life oh a hundred percent like I've never had so many people give me a Starbucks gift card or like Venmo me money for coffee and that is my love language. It is yes, it's absolutely my like love I want to call up Gary Chapman, the five love languages dude, and be like, <laughs> be "Bro, like, you're missing one." Bro, bro there's a Starbucks. The category sixth one is Starbucks that you have not uh, hit up on. No. Yet. So speaking of Starbucks, guys, I want to tell you what I'm drinking today because I'm really pumped about it's it. It's brand new. This is new. Okay, so as you know, maybe from I think it was last week, I told y'all that my fall go-to drink has always been since college. A grande toffee nut americano with two bumps of toffee nut mm. and a little bit of half and half. So this morning, That's good. Mm, so good. <laughs> this morning, Amanda texted me and was like, "What do you want to drink?" Because she's the best and was because bringing I don't me say, coffee. I don't say, "Do you want something?" She I said, say, "What do you? What want? do you want?" And I said, "You know what? I have an idea. I'm gonna get a grande americano with two pumps of." PSL oh, instead of toffee nut, girl. And can I just tell you, <laughs> this is my favorite drink. I need a try. Game. It. You want to try it right yeah, now? Yeah, you try right now. This okay, is this a is a moment. Amanda, describe what the face I'm about to make since people can't see. Oh wait, stop, stop, stop! Before oh. you do this, okay, I need someone to message me if they've heard of this. But has anyone heard of a mukbang? A mukbang. Have you heard of a mukbang? M M O O K. I don't know. I don't know how to spell it, but my sisters told me, they told me about this when I was in Nashville. I'd never heard of this, but it's these videos, or ASMR. (gasps) Can you know what that is? No. Okay, first of all, ASMR is literally a category that I want to talk about on our podcast, so just put that on pause. what is it? What does it stand for? It's like, I don't know what it stands for, but I watched a documentary on it because I love documentaries, and it was so fascinating because it's a girl that literally, well, there's tons of ways you can do it, but one of them is a girl that like just talks into the microphone like this and then she whispers and gets the makeup brush and then brushes the bristles against Wait, the what yes it's like a fetish well so i didn't know i never heard of this i thought my sister was making this up but no it's real side note quinn gets really annoyed with how i chew apparently like <laughs> i chew with my mouth closed i do my best but apparently i make weird sounds and it stresses her out i have a jaw problem okay not my fault rude anyways i was eating a bagel a proper bagel in nashville last week and she was like you chew so weird and I was like you're rude stop talking but then she said you honestly could do ASMR videos or mukbangs and I was like what are you saying to me what's a like, mukbang so apparently then she shows me you YouTube. smoke it <laughs> it sounds like like a Korean cigarette I don't know but apparently what it is is it's like people who order a bunch of food like they go like you know like you can go to a hall like you can go to a free people hall or like a Sephora hall whatever you go to like Taco Bell and you like get a haul from Taco Bell or like McDonald's or whatever and you order all this food and then you just it's these people and typically they're like these beautiful girls just sitting there eating their food 
but they're like taking their time eating it so it's like they're like the sounds of them chewing or like the sound it's so bizarre no thanks so right now amanda you're doing a mukbang for my pumpkin spice here i go (laughs) everyone do you hear her drinking make the sounds that was really good. Try anyone? I'm going to do my yeah. mukbang. Okay. Y'all have to vote which mukbang is better. Okay, ready? Here we go. Well, now I, I didn't know okay, it was a competition. Try it. <laughs> and then, so t- take, take, for your moment and then tell everyone what you think about it. Okay. <laughs> hmm hmm Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't I like this. Be, I think mine's going to be better than yours. Ready? Okay, here's my moment. <laughs> Tastes like fall and tastes like pumpkin. I love this Q and A episode. It tastes like spice. Mm, it's warm. This Q and A episode took a turn. I was just about to say. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say. Just, never mind. <laughs> okay, so Woo! that was a great drink, Cami. I'm drinking my Moving normal forward. grande. Just um, I don't know, pike roast. I think it is grande pike roast. Boring. A little bit of almond milk. I'm a BB today. Okay, I'm a basic You're girly. So basically, basic. Today. Don't hate. So let's jump right on into these mm. Q and A's. Let's do it. Our number one question today is: Do y'all do any devos, and how do you stay consistent with your quiet times? So I have um, a little journal that is a really good tool that I like to use, and it is by um, a company called All Good Things Collective, and the founder is Jess Connolly. I'm sure that you guys follow her. She's incredible. I don't know her personally, but I just love her stuff. Um, in this journal, it's on All Good Things Collective, if you want to look them up on Instagram. It's it's a journal called The Daily Remain, and it's a tool for abiding in, abundant, in abundance. And I just love that. And so it kind of breaks things down into categories about um, the title maybe that you want to name that your Bible study or your quiet time for that day, counting the fruit, maybe things like you're thankful for, scripture, quotes, notes, and observations. And then you can kind of take everything that you're writing down and break it down into take it even further. And so that can mean like asking God what he is saying to you specifically, or maybe like looking something up in Greek or like where it came from and like the meaning behind that word, just really cool stuff that challenges me, challenges me and makes me ask questions that I normally wouldn't think to ask when I'm doing quiet time. And another thing I like to do is maybe if I'm at church, like the sermon for that Sunday, I'll make notes of scripture he was talking about or just things that he said. And then when I'm doing my quiet time later in that week, I'll take those notes um, and scriptures and break them down even further. So it's just a tool that I love to use when I'm doing quiet time because it helps me stay focused and on track with what I'm actually doing because I tend to, not that just like sitting down and just reading the Bible alone is not enough, but I tend to get a little ADD when I'm reading. And so, and the Bible's just so complex in such a beautiful way that when I really want to know where it came from or just like what God's saying through this story, I really like to just look it up and kind of dig deeper. So that's just a tool that I love to use. I have a prayer journal as well. And actually I'll, Again, we'll tag – we should tag all these things. I think we will. These are really we'll, make, helpful, but we'll make an Instagram story and tag both of the yes. journals and tools that we're talking I about. I love that. Yeah, so my friend Courtney, she started this calligraphy company, again, back with the calligraphers, called All Things All Things Beautiful Letters, I think. Um, and she created this prayer journal, like, on her own. God just put it on her heart to do this. And it's – I love it because it – same thing. It just breaks it down. So when I'm sitting in, in the prayer room or I'm, like – praying at home or reading my Bible. It just, yeah, it helps me compartmentalize, I think, Mm -hmm. in my mind. Another thing for quiet time, I always tell people if you're new to the Devo situation, 
I think I'm like just not for religion. So I'm never like a fan of like doing something because you're like, well, these are what good Christians do. Like Mm -hmm. I do a quiet time in the morning. Like honestly, maybe your time isn't the morning. Like maybe Mm -hmm. your time is at night or maybe it's middle of the day or maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know when your time is, but I think we have to remember that prayer equals relationship. So the importance of prayer and your quiet time is just to grow in your walk and your relationship with God. And so it doesn't need to be this thing that you have to check off your box that if I do a quiet time five days out of the seven days of the week, I'm a better Christian this week than I was last week because I only did two. Like I have a, I have, that reminds me, I have a friend who in college, she lived in a house with a bunch of girls and she was like, she was like, I've just never been a morning person. It's just not my thing. And she she told me a story once where she was like, I remember I would come downstairs out of my room, like yawn. It'd be like 10 a.m., kind of like slept in. And she said these other four girls would be like, yeah, we got up with the sun and we just like read our Bibles with the sunset coming Stop, up. And we've all been amazing. up since 6 a.m. And she was like, they made me feel like the devil of the house because <laughs> she was like, my quiet time wasn't at 6 a.m. And I just like, I like, of course, laugh. We both thought it was so funny. But it also just like reminds me that somehow there is kind of this like stigmatism that's been yeah. put over quiet times must be like when the sun rises. I think that's beautiful. I think there's like nothing wrong with that. But like that doesn't mean God hears you whether it's 6 a.m. or 6 right. p.m. Like there's well, no. Well, I think there's a season for everything. So I think in some seasons like that's going to be practical. And like, and honestly, it is a relationship. So they're like right now I'm in a season where like it's just easier for me right now to really like be in love with God. Like mm-hmm. I'm just he's doing something new in my heart. I'm just kind of in awe of him. And so I'm not a morning person, but this morning my church has worship and prayer morning, noon and night every day. It's like the coolest thing. They have a prayer room that's open with live worship and prayer. So if you live in Dallas and you need a place to go because being in your house um, is too distracting, which that's how it is for me, then like we'll actually add this to the notes too. But I'd love to see you there. It's amazing. It's called Upper Room and it is the bomb. But I went this morning to the 6 a.m. prayer set and every Friday – I go at 6 a.m. with my group of friends and we meet there and it's this accountability of like, okay, we all get up, we all go. No, I'm not a morning person. Yes, I'm kind of still in pajamas right now, even as we're sitting here and I do not have makeup on, but I showed up because I I want to encounter the Lord and I love my time with him. Yeah, And there's just something about setting aside time. And it's kind of like, I used to think that was like kind of taking the romance out of it. Like, setting an appointment but like when you get older and life gets busier like it's caring it's caring like mm-hmm. I said I set aside day nights with my husband like because you care yeah because I care I have to yeah. plan it like I can't just you know it doesn't just happen like I'm not just gonna randomly have dates with him anymore because that's just not the season of life we're in I have to say okay you're a priority so I want to set time with you even our friendship Amanda mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we have to set aside time to do this podcast we have to set aside time to hang out and so it's the same with the Lord like there's nothing wrong with looking at your day ahead and saying okay My day is packed. I have all these things, but God, you're a priority. Where can I fit you in? And so I don't think it has to be something where if you're new to this and you're like new to your walk with Jesus or you're new to spending time with him, don't like freak out and think, wow, I need to go plan, you know, two hours of my day. Like I now can spend two hours in the prayer room because over time I've developed that hunger for his presence and that like discipline and desire to be there. But I didn't always used to be that way. Like Mm -hmm. when I was in college or in high school, like that wasn't my my MO. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. a person that would get up at 5 a.m. and do that. But a great place to start, you guys, if you are new to Devo Life, is there's a a devotional called Jesus Calling. You've probably heard of it. You can get the app on your phone. And I love it because it's short, it's sweet, but the way that it's written, Sarah Young writes it and she writes it from the perspective of Jesus talking to you. And so I love it because I feel like it opens our heart 
to hear his voice. And it's like, this is what he says over me. And then there's a scripture that backs up what she writes about it. Um, it honestly, it can take you anywhere from five to like 10 minutes, depending on if you're really wanting to read it slowly or if you're in a hurry, but it's just a great way to open your mind and open your heart to what God's saying to you for that day. And then if you want to go a little bit deeper, last year at our church, our pastor, Michael Miller, I don't know if he came up with this or heard it somewhere. He's the man, love him. Um, But he came out with this plan called 135. And actually they have a um, kind of a reading plan on our church website. But it's every day you read one proverb because I don't know if you know this, but there's 31 proverbs. So there's one for every day of the month. You read three Psalms which is really just gets your heart. It's like that emotional. Psalms are so emotional. So it's kind of waking up your emotions to what God's saying. And then you read five chapters in like a different book of the Bible, but you read those same five chapters every day for the whole month. So I love that because I feel like so often as Christians, we think it's like quantity over quality. So we're like, I need to read every book of the Bible. I need to read this mm-hmm. chapter. Like I need to, you know, but it's more like, okay, are those words really getting into your soul? So by right. reading the same five chapters every day for a month, it shows two things. One, it shows you how living and active God's word is because every day when you read it, read it, you're like, oh my gosh, I discovered something totally new today than I did yesterday. And I'm reading the same thing. And two, it's really like sticking in there and you're starting to memorize and really get scripture like deep in there. So hashtag 135, if you have the desire and the passion to want to like go a little bit deeper, but honestly, quiet time looks different for everyone. It's your relationship. So just ask God, like, it'd be super romantic and sweet to be like, hey, hey, dad, how do you want to spend your time with me today? Mm-hmm. What I can love that look that. like? I you love know? that. And like like we said, we'll put all of these in an Instagram story so you guys have them. And hopefully they will be helpful to your quiet time. So our second question is, when did you get your first car and what was the brand? So I got my first car when I turned 16. That what, was, what? That was like 2006-ish, I want to say. Sweet 16. And and I got a used black Jetta. I will never forget it because Lo had it on the hills, which if any of you watched the hills. Oh. <laughs> First of all, if you didn't watch the hills and you're listening to this podcast, it's because you were too young. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone true. else who's in our age group watched the hills. Definitely watched the hills and Laguna Beach. So like Elsie and Lo were like the besties and they each had like their own cars. Well, I'll never forget Lo. I think she had like a white Jetta. But on the show, I remember she called it Baby Jet. And so when I she got totally my, did I remember yes. that. So whenever I got my black little four door Jetta, I also called it Baby Jet, and I thought it was like really original. Which I met Lo before. <laughs> you have? Yep. When? When I was in LA, she was like friend what? of a friend of mine, and I like totally acted cool, like I didn't care, but I was like, oh my god, that's you're low, low. You're low, you're, you're low, you're low, you're <laughs> low. I would have told her, I'm like, you're the reason I got a, a Jetta, and I like was so excited when I got it. It was like the most fun. I love that. Okay, so my first car was a Tiburon. Uh, silver Hyundai, I think it was Tiburon. Yes, and we've still. It's she's the one still we drive in Nashville. Strong. Yeah, yes. she is like. I keep her in Nashville. She's wow. doing great. Well, actually, she's not doing great. One of her doors doesn't open, <laughs> and she kind of shakes when you go past sixty-five. But she's still she's alive and thriving. Great, but she is kicking. And so I got her when I was eighteen. I was a late driver. Mainly, oh, did you know this? No, I didn't know. This. I didn't get my license until I was a senior in high school. <gasps> I Sim- did not know honestly. This. Simply because I was dating Steven and he drove, drove me everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. It was just so sad. But between, and first of all, I love, I loved in high school and growing up being in the car with my mom. Like that was like our sweet time. Yes, totally. Like yes, we'd have conversations. And yes. so I just really didn't, I was never that person that was like, I can't wait to drive. I really like 
honestly Love liked having line. a chauffeur. Yes. I was like, yes, yes, you can be my free Uber driver. And you know me, I'm the opposite. I'm like, who can I show? Yeah, yes, yes, you I love was to ready drive. to go. I was just, yeah. So Steven drove me, but then finally I was like, well, I'm about to go to college, so I should probably like maybe get my license. I don't know. And this is so sweet. So I got my car for Christmas. But I didn't know I was getting a car. So I remember, like, opening up presents, and I had a great Christmas. Like, Christmas is over, thinking it's great. We w- went to this family friend's house for brunch, and my dad made up some excuse. Like, I think he said he had to, like, go home and get some rolls or, like, something. Yes. And so I'm at the friend's house, and my dad comes in, um, and he's like, hey, you forgot one present under the tree. And he hands me this box, and I open it, and it was, like, the radio. Like, it was, like, a... Like, the radio of the car. I don't know. It was, like, a nicer radio. Uh, like, and the ones you plugged yes, in? Yes, the ones you plugged in. I know exactly what you're talking about. And the so, CD but part. I didn't know what it was. And I was like, is this, like, a weird iPod? <laughs> like, what the heck? Is this, like, a really long horizontal iPod? Oh, that's so really I just stare cute. at him, and he goes, oh, this goes with this. And I'll never oh, forget, he tossed me the keys. Oh, so And I was silly. like, wait, what? And I, I run outside, that. and I have this car with a big red bow on it. I love that. It was the that's best Christmas really, ever. That's really, sweet. That's amazing. It was so good. Okay, so question number three. What keeps your spirits lifted when God's plan was different from yours and you haven't seen the light at the end of the tunnel? Oh, so good. That's good. I actually, I'm, do you want to go first? Do you sure. Wanna... I mean, for me, it's worship. Oh, worship is yeah. warfare. Like, mm-hmm. for me, when I, like, if, when I just have to, when I don't feel like worshiping, that's when I know that I need to. Yes. And so when my spirit is down, what lifts my head the most is just singing truth over myself and singing truth about who God is and just declaring who he is. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's something about just singing. I mean, there's, there's scripture after scripture that talks about this. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is second Chronicles 20. And it talks about the, the, the Israelites were going out to battle and the Lord gave them a strategy to send out the Levites who were the worshipers in the front of the army and they would be the first ones to go out which if you know musician guys no offense but like they're typically not the guys you would want to send at the front of like the battlefield <laughs> i know that's actually like really i'm true. picturing like skinny jean hipster yes. dudes like yes. drinking their lattes with their guitar like <laughs> just like in the presence of the lord like they're not the jocks they're not the fighters they were the ones that spent their time not training in battle but training around the presence of god and the lord was like this is your strategy send out the worship team And so they go out and it says that like by the time that they get to the battle, the people that they were going to fight, like they got to this valley and everyone was dead because they had already been attacked by like other armies, I think, or they had like something happened. I don't quite remember the story. Second Chronicles 20, go read it. But the battle was defeated by their worship before they even got there. Mm, And I think that that's, I know the Bible is real, so I think that actually happened, but I also think it's a metaphor of just what happens when we worship over our situations. And I remember in California, there was a night where Steve and I were both really struggling. Things just were not going the way we had planned in that season, as you've heard from other podcasts. And I was like, babe, we just need to worship. And we turned on the song, Miracles, like, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. And I I will never forget this night. I think we listened to that song for two hours straight. Mm. And we sang that same song on repeat. And it was like every emotion, like, when I first started, I was singing. I was like, God, I don't believe this. Yeah. Like, I don't see you. Like, I'm actually kind of mad. Yeah, I'm mad. I don't see you doing miracles on our behalf right now. I don't see you moving. But as we kept singing it, like, our faith was rising. And, like, mm, it just so was good. this declaration of, like, sitting in that. So, yeah. To that's, answer your question, for me, what keeps my spirits lifted is 
worship. And when I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I just continue to press in and worship and declare his promises until Mm -hmm. I believe it before I see it. Yeah. That to me like reminds me of going into like the whole feelings thing I always talk about. It's like very rarely do I actually feel what I'm not. I don't want to say rarely. Of course I feel what I'm worshiping, but like there are, there is going to be times where you don't fully believe it. Like you were saying, like I was mad at God. Like I didn't believe in those miracles. Like that's okay. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean you all of a sudden stop believing in God or you like stopped loving him. Like, it is a relationship, and if it's a relationship, you're going to have different emotions towards him sometimes. Yeah, it's like you, you know, I kiss my husband, and, like, I tell him I love him, and not all the time is my heart fluttering from it. Exactly, like, yes. But it's like, I I know that that's, like, the truth, mm-hmm. and I know that I, like, desire intimacy in our marriage, mm-hmm. even if it's not, like, I'm not lovey-dovey every second. Totally. And it's the same with it's the, the Lord. It's the same with like, the Lord, because it's relationship. It is. Over religion. I'll say that all the time. Yes. Um, so something that I have just been kind of – realizing and just pressing into more and more is that so many things that God tells us in the Bible really is just this paradox of what the world tells us. And so in moments where I'm like not feeling it, or I just feel like, God, where are you taking this situation? Like, where are you taking my life? I really go back to in the Bible, he tells us that we gain everything when we lay it, when we lose it. And so I just think in those moments, like, okay, well, if I'm not feeling like the number one spot or if I'm not feeling that I'm on top of the world or that I'm gaining all the things that I thought I wanted to gain, I really do find so much hope and so much um, perseverance in the fact that God tells me I'm I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. So through that, I love worshiping too. It can be in the car. Like if I've had a moment where I'm just feel really heavy even, I'll just turn on worship music at my house or in the car. There's been moments where sometimes I just wake up anxious for no reason and I don't even know why. And in those moments, I'll put on worship music and I immediately just feel my spirits lifting. I feel like the spirit in our house lifting. Just like I love just knowing that like he's given us so many tools to to fight off things when we're feeling like they don't match up with what he's what he calls us to be. So that's so good. I had a youth pastor once tell me this and it's like changed my life. He said, you can either be a thermostat or a thermometer. Oh, yes. And what, he's, what he meant by that was, like, a thermostat is the one that sets the temperature of the mm-hmm, room. Mm-hmm. And a thermometer just, like, gauges what's already happening. And yes. so I think in our walk in the spirit, it's like we can come in and we can be a thermostat. We can be like, okay, maybe this is where the temperature is at right now, but I'm going to change it because I set the tone because I have authority in Christ. Mm-hmm. Or you can be like, well, I woke up anxious, so I'm going to be anxious all day. Exactly. That's what I, I think – there was probably moments in my life where I did do that, where I just would run based off of how I was feeling and, and make everything throughout the day stem from that. But I've just now come to this realization that with the Lord, I have power to say no to that. And yeah. and I think that so many people need to be reminded of that because I don't know if all churches kind of hit on that. I mean, hopefully, hopefully a lot do. Yeah. I don't go to every church. <laughs> hopefully a lot do. But I was never raised thinking that, no, I have the power to say no to this feeling. I have the power. God literally lives in me. I have the power that he has given me to say no to the situation, to worship through this situation. And I just want to encourage everyone that you can do that. Just yeah. like I have, Kami and I have that power inside of us, so do you. That's so good. Well, and the, the end of the question was, if you haven't seen the light at the end of the tunnel, and um, I wrote a song with a friend of mine that I ended up singing again on Monday, randomly. I hadn't sung it in a while, but... Um, the chorus says, it goes in the middle of the journey when your hand is all that holds me. I don't know where we're going. All I know is that you're good. Mm -hmm. So every breath and every step, if you're leading, I will follow. I don't know where we're going. All I know is that you say it's going to be good. And it just really encouraged me. Like, even as I was singing it again, because I'm like, man, like 
we sometimes don't know when the light at the end of the tunnel is coming. We sometimes mm-hmm. don't know when the end of like our season where we feel hidden or we feel like we're being oppressed or whatever it looks like. We don't know when that breakthrough always is going to break forth. But we know that he promises it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And if it's not yet good, it's not yet the end. Yeah. And we can stand on that promise. Like he always finishes what he starts. And so that's kind of the place that we can worship from. So so anyways. I think wrapping that up, it's just knowing that if you're not feeling it, if you're not seeing light in the tunnel, just know that he is so good and the plan that he has for you is good. Whether it doesn't look like it or feel like it in that moment, just keep asking him questions and keep worshiping and just keep declaring that he is the God of miracles. And I promise whatever you're going through, it's it's not for waste and you're going through it for a reason. And you will know why sooner than later if you keep worshiping and asking That's him. so good. All right, question four. Have you ever been hurt by a church and how did you deal with losing your community? Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> like that's real. That got real, real. So really quickly, I'm going to share the story of how we found our current church, the house. This is the and best story. It's the best because Cami and I were actually together. So my husband and I, this is probably earlier. It was no, it was the end of last year. So the end of like 2016. And we, for some reason or another, just kind of felt called away from our church. There, there wasn't any like bad blood. There was nothing that happened. We didn't feel burned by them. It just wasn't a good fit for us. And so that almost made it harder to leave because we didn't have this like epic story to share of like, oh, well, you know, this happened. So we're leaving. I feel burned. You know, it, nothing like that. So we just start asking God where he wants us. And we were very close to moving to Dallas even just because we loved Cammie's church. Like we love her community. And so we're like, well, maybe this, maybe God wants us here. So we started praying and just asking God, um, what he wanted for us. And when we would, we started to look in Dallas for a little bit and we just never felt the Lord's peace over it. It was more of like, okay, this is cool. It could totally work out. We know that we see the community we would have, like we see the blessings that we think we could have, but for some reason, God just wasn't aligning any of those things to happen. And so we just start praying like, okay, well, I've been in Fort Worth for like almost 10 years. You know, I feel like I know everything, but obviously I don't because Fort Worth is like a major city and there's no possible way. And it's growing so fast. So even if I feel like I know everything, there's no possible way that I do. So we just started praying, asking God to give us people. And we started praying that he would use our home, that he would use us, that he would just use us in radical different ways than than he has in the past in this in this same city, if this is where we're supposed to be. So we start praying just for new people specifically. And you guys, within like not even three days later, I start meeting a handful of new friends in my own city that I'm now to this day, like eight, ten months later, still so close with. One of my friends, I met her in the back of the Whole Foods parking lot. And she just happened to be like, it was the day after we prayed this. And she just happened to be like playing with her little boy. And Gwen is over there playing. And I just walk up to her and I'm like, Hey, like, let's have a conversation. So we just start talking. Our, like, kids that. start playing together. And now she's one of my dear friends. And she came to my birthday, my friend Catherine yeah. and her husband. We literally met at a Whole Foods the day after I prayed for people. So it was just, like, so cool. So then, like, a week after that, and this happened multiple times where I just start meeting new people. And I know that God has, like, called me to friendship with them. And so it was just the coolest experience to really like specifically ask God for something and see him do it. Yeah, you're like, God, I want community. And he's like, okay, good. That's my heart. And then he just starts (laughs) like opening doors of community. Yes, it was insane. So then Kami and I are having coffee one day, actually talking about the birth of Basically Basic. Do you remember this? This this was like our first official meeting. This was our first official meeting. That's cool. So honestly, the Lord had his hands all over this day. 
So we're in this coffee shop and I see we're talking about just like how Tyler and I have been praying for um, a new church home and that we're really craving that and just a place that we can be used. And so we see this group of people. Um, and the very first thing that I thought was, I think you and I both thought were like, this girl is so cute. Like we oh, just yeah. immediately wanted to well, be friends Well, it was like this whole group, like we were sitting on this couch and they came and like sat across from us on the couch, on the, on the other couch, and they were like, just cool. Yeah, they were just so really cool. <laughs> friends. So we start like talking, hitting it off, and I'm like, so are you guys well, no, from Do you know what, how we started talking? Do you Your Bible? This? Yes. Yes. I literally have my Bible sitting out, and the girl out of nowhere was like, is that the Passion Translation? Yeah. Which is she hilarious knew. because it's like, that's like a Christian pickup line, I felt totally. like. It was like, what, what translation are you reading? And I was like, <laughs> this is the Passion Translation. And then it was like, boom, open door. Now Here we're best we friends. Yes. So. I'm, I, we start asking, like, what they're doing in Fort Worth, like, why they're here. And she was like, well, we're actually here. We just, you know, are visiting because we're planning a church, and our launch day is this Sunday. And this was a Friday, and we had no church to go to on Sunday. So I was like, wow, this is actually perfect. No, I take that back. We actually had a list of, like, three or four churches written down that we were going to try. Yeah. So whenever I met this girl and she told me that their launch was on Sunday, I was like, this is perfect. We're going to go. It's going to be awesome. We just, like, hit it off. I was super stoked. Kami and I were like, this may be a sign. Like, what if this is your new church? So the house quickly moves to number one to try. And on Sunday, I'll never forget this. It was an ice. It literally was like an ice storm and half of the city shut down. Nobody could go anywhere. And the church anticipated like 300 people. And I think there was maybe like 100 or like 150 because so many people texted our pastor and was like, I would love to come. But like, I literally can't get out of my house because there's ice everywhere. And so Tyler ended up also being sick that day. And we were both like so excited to come. So I was like, you know what? I met this girl she said that she would sit with me, like she's saving me a seat. You stay here with Gwen, like I'm gonna brave the ice and go. So I go and I walk in, and it was just honestly like the sweetest spirit. And within like one minute of walking into this old elementary school where the church was being held, I just felt in like an instant that this was our new church home. And so I'm like texting Cami, like freaking out. I'm texting my husband, freaking out. Like I'm like, this is our, this is it. Like this is why we're still in Fort Worth and we've never had peace to go anywhere else. And this is why. We left our church, not because something like happened that we can, you know, have like this like physical story with, but because I just know God was calling us away from it for something better. And so we step in this church and it's like, honestly, just the Lord. It was the coolest feeling. And I just knew this was our church home. So I go back and I'm like, well, hopefully Tyler likes it as much as me. And so the next week we didn't even try any of the other churches we had listed on our churches to try. We just went back to the house. Tyler comes in with me. He within again like the first song of worship. He just turns and looks at me, and he was like, "This is it." Because I yes. I had even like I wanted him to feel the same way I did without like saying it. You know, you want like in your marriage, yeah. your husband to be in the same page before it's like you forcing them to be. So I literally prayed that like he would feel the same thing I did, and I'd even try to give him an out. Like we were at the second service, and I was like, "If you you know if you don't like it, or if you just think it's like." different than what we've been to like Phil you know I'm like I'm game to try the other ones and he was like no this is our church home (laughs) so good so it was so cool so I literally like we called we felt called away from one church we found our new church simply because we were in the right place at the right time that God ordained I like specific I like very much believe that and now as our church home we have been used more than ever in our church we've been Um, just like we've just seen God work in like so many amazing ways and like have had so many blessings that can be no other than the Lord, like nothing that we have done ourselves. And so, and we have the most amazing community. We have the best of friends. Like it's just been the biggest blessing. And here is the confirmation side of things that this is our new church home. So the church that we left was in an old theater 
And our new church is now growing. And because of that, we're needing a new place. And a few months ago, our pastor announced that we had a new church home. And he was like, because our church has grown, we have a new home. And it's the exact same theater of the church that we left. Wow. So if Talk that's about not, redemption. If that's not redemption or confirmation, I don't know what is. Wow, that's so – well, I feel like kind of just – your encouragement from this is like God really he wants us to be a part of a, a local church like his heart is for the church like the church is his bride and I think it, churches just can be so, such a messy thing like mm-hmm. I mean the question being have you ever been hurt by a church uh yes that's <laughs> Like, have you ever been hurt by humans? Yes. yes. I actually heard someone say once, like, if you ever find a perfect church, don't go because you're not perfect. And when you get there, you're going to mess it up. Yeah, totally. Like, which is so true. Like, church is a group of messy, broken people. And I think when you add what the enemy loves to do by a spirit of religion and, like, people feeling like they need to be fake or, like, they need to have it all together – which is just the opposite of what church should be, it can just create this, like, tension. For me, like, church has been always a little bit messy because since college, my jobs have always been working at a church until this season. And so when you kind of combine, like, church and work, it can just get really interesting. And for me, it was like every time, every place we would go to church since college was where I was working. And so I didn't really feel this freedom with my husband to like pick a church because I would go wherever my job was and there's beauty in that. I mean, like I got to see God move and I know that he's called me to ministry. So I, I know I was walking in like what he had for me in that season, but it can also be really difficult because a lot of times when you're working in a church, it's this pressure to feel like you have to be the one to have it together and to have all the answers and like church no longer became this safe place where I could come broken and messy and like come to receive but a lot of times it felt like I had to come and perform and I know that that's the opposite of what God wants for me like he wants me to come to his table just as I am and know that I'm I'm there as Cammie not as like Cammie the worship leader or Cammie the youth pastor or whatever that looks like um so for me like I have such a passion for the local church I feel like that's probably one of my biggest like loves is the church I'm just so such a believer in it but it hasn't always been a beautiful story and there's been ups and downs and high moments and low moments and moments of you know um pain and hurt and then moments of beautiful redemption and I think in the past like in my earlier and mid-20s I think I struggled with a lot of judgment towards churches of just being like you're supposed to be the bride of Christ like why are people doing this or why aren't they getting it or like whatever But I think, like, as I've learned to extend more grace to myself, I've also learned to extend way more grace to his bride. Mm, And just to realize that, like, we're all just trying to figure this out. Like, no church is perfect. No one has it figured out. Um, But I do think at the same time, like, you can hold true to what you feel like God's put on your heart of, like, believing for a church that fits, like, your family and your DNA. And so when we finally moved back to Dallas, the Lord very clearly told me, like, do not take a job at a church. I want you in this season to pick a church with your husband. And honestly, in my five years of marriage, it was like when we moved back to Dallas was the first time ever that I stood next to my husband in worship Mm. as opposed to me being on stage and him being in the congregation. And that's so different because my husband plays in our worship team as well. And weeks that he's like, you know, quote off or just like not playing are so sweet to me because I love walking in and just getting to worship yes. next to him because normally I'm sitting 
by myself. And it's funny, I always have this like weird feeling to when I meet people like around me that are that I may not know are sitting next to me. I'm always like, Hi, I'm Amanda. And then I'm like, My husband's up there. He's the one up there. Don't worry, like, like, I have someone with me. I'm not sitting by myself. <laughs> no, it's true. Stephen and I, like, we didn't, we never had that. And like, but it was a lot for me to step to step down and to be obedient to that because I realized a lot of my identity was like, I'm Cammy, I'm the worship pastor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or I'm like, I didn't know how to just be a random person in a church that nobody knew. Mm-hmm. And so, even Tyler a lot will say, like, just in seasons of, like, our, like, family life is kind of crazy, he knows that God has called him to our family first. And yeah. so, but he will openly tell me, like, he's like, you know, the human, like, selfish side of me is like, well, what if our church worship team blows up and I'm not a part of it? Like, yeah. and he'll say that because he's like, I know that that's a struggle. Like, I know that that's Absolutely. not something that... God's not calling me to fame. He's calling me to worship him. That's so good. So it's like I feel like I can somewhat relate because I walk with it or I walk through it with my husband. Yeah. Well, and it's it's not something that you like – you never go in with the intention of like I want to be a famous worship leader, but like no. it feels good to get people to be like, "Good job!" Like you exactly. led us so well, like as a leader. And usually but, the communities of worship teams are so fun. Oh, so, totally. like, You want to be together. Yeah, but I feel like coming into Upper Room was the first season where I just really felt like God wanted me to just be. And like I specifically remember even telling like my parents and my husband, like, "Do not tell anybody that I sing." Like, don't mm. I don't I ever want to come into a, a new church and be like, "Here I am!" Like I'm a singer, especially not. Upper because they have such an incredible team and a family of, of worshipers that I was like I love that I'm not needed in this house in this way but like if the Lord wants to use me like he will open a door in his timing and it'll be the right time and I needed a place just to come and receive and I will I will never forget this moment this was like a crazy church moment for me but um what the first week I actually went to upper room I remember there was a guy leading worship he's now become a friend of mine his name is Joel and he's incredible such an anointed worship leader but he was leading and I was just so moved by his worship and at the end they like the sermon was incredible Stephen and I were like a bawling mess because just like kind of your experience Amanda we felt like we had like found Found, our home and I was like thank you Jesus and so we're like crying I go up after to get prayer and I remember walking up to the front to receive prayer which was the first time maybe like since college that I was in a place where I felt like I could go up and receive because every other time I was the person giving the prayer and at this point I was so empty like I was Mm -hmm. like I need someone to pour into me like I need someone like older than me or wiser than me or with more strength in this moment to like speak life over me and so I walk up to go get prayer but I look to my right and Joel the worship pastor who had just been leading is standing next to me in line to get prayer wow and I was like what like I remember looking around like is this okay like like is he allowed to do this type thing and in that moment the Lord just broke off this like this idea of performance and just showed me Cammie like you are always welcome to be the one leading and receiving at the same time like you Mm -hmm. can always come to me as you are and there's no shame in like being the person that's on stage leading but also being needy for my presence and saying Mm -hmm. hey I need from you and like I've actually got to tell Joel that story and was like you have no idea what that did to me, like, just to see you there being able to lead worship one second and then being like, hey, I also need Jesus in this moment at the same time. I love that. And I, like, feel like, to me, that was just that moment of, okay, I'm home. Like, I can I can be here because this is a place that I can fully be myself. Yeah. So just to encourage you guys, like, at some point, 
you probably will be hurt by a church. And mm-hmm. at some point, I'm sure every room will let me down, even though I'm, like, obsessed with it. And the house will let you down, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Like, no church is perfect. And God calls us to different places, sometimes in different seasons. But you need to just commit to being planted, to showing up and not expecting perfection, but knowing that if there's, a, like, maybe a hole or a gap in the church where they're not, like, doing what they should be doing in your mind, it could be because you're that portion of the body that needs yeah, to come in exactly, and fill it. Yeah, it's maybe because you're not saying yes to the calling. Or what if you're at that church to fill in that void? Yeah. Exactly. And something else that I have heard before that really, like, stuck with me is, that, again, like, there's never going to be a perfect church, and you're always going to feel like they could do one thing or another better in a different area. But I literally can – I, like, this saying always, like, sticks to me. It's like, well, if you've been – I I know of people that are like, well – I don't go to church anymore because I've been burned by a church or I've been hurt by a church. And I'm thinking, okay, well, do you not have any more family or any more friends? Because I know that my family has hurt me. That's I know so that my, true. I know that my friend has hurt me, but I still have, I still continue to choose friends. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, well there, it's a church of people. Yeah. It's a body. So it's like, of course they're going to hurt you. Like, well, it's like how many things have you read on the internet or Facebook that make you mad? You keep coming you go back, back to, to the internet. Exactly. Like, yes. And I really do believe that Church is not some, like, high and mighty thing that, I mean, you know, maybe some. I don't know all churches again. But it's can't like, speak to all. Can't speak to all. But church shouldn't be this, like, high and mighty thing that you have to meet all this criteria and follow this rule book to get into. It really is just the body of humanity and love that God has called every one of us to. And I genuinely believe he's for all of us. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Ooh, okay. We love a church. Go churches. Okay. Uh, and actually, yeah, if you live in Dallas or Fort Worth and you don't have a church. Message uh, us. Message us. We will stay with we you. We would absolutely stay with you. I love That'd that. That'd be so cool. Okay. So number five, how do you justify getting rid of clothes? And I, this person said, I always have an excuse for the item I'm about to get rid of. This is so good. But for me, I have I've watched uh, me with documentaries, guys. I, like I can't really good at getting it. rid of clothes. I am. No. Now I'm a little bit. It's a little bit obsessive now. So. I have a smaller closet than I used to. So, um, do you remember how huge my condo closet it was? was? It was a room. It was, it was literally goals. It was goals. But what's so funny is that was the first place I ever lived outside of my parents' house. And it was like, I started big and now I've worked my way down. Started <laughs> from really the top, now we're here. It's like the opposite. <laughs> it is the opposite. But I kind of love it because it's forced me. So, when I moved out of my first time, it was like just more of a modern place, like a really big closet. And I lived by myself. So, it was literally a dream. And now I have, we live in like more of a cottage style house. So we just have smaller closets and I'm someone who I, re- I recently watched the documentary minimalism on Netflix. Ooh, I know I that documentary about will get you. It will get you. So it will, I'll never forget. It was New Year's Eve. It was our anniversary. We had a newborn. She was like three months old and we really just wanted her to sleep and to eat pizza in bed and celebrate our anniversary that way. And so we were like, what can we watch? We watched um minimalism and <laughs> right after That's it was amazing over, happy new year happy new year happy anniversary <laughs> let's get rid of all of our clothes and so after we watched it tyler and i immediately just started like getting rid of things in our closet like we Didn't just tyler go crazy oh, he like, went I crazy like he got rid of like everything he owned <laughs> to the point where i was like babe no this is something good like you should not get rid of it so we went a little <laughs> bit extreme at the beginning but now we have found our happy medium and so my rule is if one thing comes in something must go out Ooh, that's good that's my rule yeah and it can be something simple like it can be okay i buy a shirt at target or whatever that i wasn't planning on buying but it was very cute very on sale i got it well the rule is a shirt must come out. Do you out. really do that? I really do this. Wow. And I put it in a bag. I put it in a trash bag. And the thing is, here's how I know it's working is because I don't immediately take it to like Goodwill or Plato's closet. I will keep it in this trash bag, like in the garage or like the attic or whatever. And I don't miss it. 
the thing I got oh. rid of, I don't miss it. So that's how I know that, like, okay, well, n- once the bag gets full, then I'll take it to, like, Play-Dohs or whatever. Yeah. That's so smart. And it's the same with shoes. So if it's shoes, if, like, one shoe comes in, one must come out. And it, I, it really is, like, if I haven't worn it in the past, like, three-ish to six months, like, I'm not going to wear it. Wow. Because I end up wearing the same thing over and over, and right. then I just style it different. Well, and that's so true. It's, like, you kind of need to, like, go through. And for me, I think I've had to, because, again, my closet is so small, I've had to change out my clothes every season like mm-hmm. I keep a lot of clothes in my Here, parents house yeah. and so like I will have to when I transfer things over it's almost like the reevaluation of okay like do I still like this does it still fit do I still like see myself wearing this and then it's the price per wear has been a really helpful thing so like if it costs me $50 and I've worn it twice well that's ridiculous because that means that I've paid $25 mm-hmm. to wear this two times mm-hmm. so I either need to start wearing it more because that's ridiculous or I need to go ahead and sell it because like, mm-hmm. I need to make room for other things other things yeah exactly. and I think honestly having not a lot of money really helps you with this problem <laughs> yeah. because it's like I want money from Plato's Closet balling on a budget it. really so, helps as well because I can't go to Neiman's when I want to go to Neiman's so I will never forget one time Regan and Quinn and I went to Plato's Closet and I made like 260 bucks it was a good day you told Plato's. me this yes that's a and lot Regan for brought so much stuff and she literally made 12 dollars <laughs> and I thought she was gonna like murder someone at Plato's Closet like she was livid uh, and also great places if you guys have heard of an app called Poshmark you can Ooh, sell yeah. if there's like higher end things that you want to sell that maybe like Plato's Closet won't give you Poshmark is a really great app and you can buy and sell used things and I've had really good luck with that selling some things on there that I may not want to just like take to Goodwill or like maybe it's an old Kate Spade I want to get like money for so and Buffalo Exchange there's one in Dallas also really good so yeah I mean honestly I think how do you justify getting rid of them I think you just need to know that like stuff is stuff Mm -hmm. and it's if it's cluttering your life and it's making you stressed out it's not worth it it's not worth it and let it go something that I have like just been realizing the older I've gotten is the way that you spend your money really is a reflection of your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah. So if you're Biblical. buying, if you're buying a whole lot of things at Target that you don't need to buy, mm. check your heart, girly. Mm, why are you convicting me? <laughs> why are you doing this? Rude. Okay. Last question is, what is something new that God is teaching you? Mm, that's a really sweet question. Do you know? I think, I mean, it changes daily, I feel like, but Something right now that he's teaching me is that he really just is in full control. And I feel like I probably keep, like, saying this over and over, but it just really does bring me so much peace. And it really, like, reminds me that I can wake up so joyfully because I'm not in control of what happens. And I just find a lot of, like, rest and peace in that. And and I love just being able to wake up and say, thank you, God, for the day, even though I can't see the future and I know, like, nothing about what my day really entails. And I just, like... I love that about him, that he really is in control. And I was even telling Cammie this when we saw each other today, is that he literally tells us in the Bible not to worry and not to fear and, like, says it in a way that it is a command. And so it's like if we really trusted and believed him when he said that, like, who is against us? Yeah. You know what I mean? And God is for us. He can be against us. Exactly. And so I just, like, love that he is, like, so powerful and so mighty that he has everything figured out for me and it takes so much pressure off and I can truly just enjoy life. That's so good. Ooh, okay. For me, I feel like he's been teaching me just the gift that is thankfulness. Mm. Like, so one thing, I said this earlier, but our church has prayer and worship sets morning, noon, and night every day. So you can just come in and be in God's presence. But my set is on Mondays from 12 to 2. And we start every set. There's like kind of a formula that we, our church has kind of modeled and it's called Fuel. 
But the first 30 minutes, our focus as a worship team is just to thank God. And so to come in, because in scripture it says we enter in his courts with thanksgiving and its gates with praise. Mm-hmm. And so we enter in his presence with thankfulness, which I love because if you think about it, if worship is supposed to be throwing like a banquet for the Lord, like who would throw a party for someone? And when they come in, the first thing you say is like, break my chains yeah. or like, can yeah. you do this for me? And it's like, whoa, that's kind of rude for mm-hmm. one. But the first thing you do is like you honor that person, you thank them. And I think there's been seasons in the past where when all I can see is my worry and my frustration, it's typically because I haven't really spent time, like, thanking Mm -hmm. the Lord. And thankfulness is a discipline. I think that's something I'm learning is, like, I can always be thankful, but when I thank him and thank him and thank him and focus on even just the little smallest things that might seem insignificant – it does something in my heart mm-hmm. that, like, then I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, he is good. Gratitude like, gratitude literally changes your whole perspective. Oh, absolutely. My mom always used to say growing up, like, have an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. And it is, like, if when you're thankful, you have nothing to complain everything. about. Yeah, and then yeah. your whole, like, your whole mood shifts because you're like, man, like, yes, maybe this problem hasn't gone away. Maybe God hasn't answered this specific prayer yet. But look at what he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, look at who he is. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I ever – I don't think I ever really understood the power of thankfulness. And I'm, this sounds so cheesy, but I'm, like, so excited for this this Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I feel like God's cheesy. just birthed something so beautiful and, like, the thankfulness in my heart that yeah. I feel like this Thanksgiving, like, I'm just, like, so thankful. So thankful. Yeah. I'm so That's thankful. not cheesy. I love that. I love it. And so when Cammie was talking, I also – something else just, like, in my spirit said what I've been kind of feeling the past couple – months and I think that God something new that God is also teaching me is the power of humility mm. and that's good even like on social media or just like through this podcast or even just even in things that people may not see like in even inside my marriage even like you're having a genius sweet daughter who yeah like, or parenting like when's the best yeah. <laughs> of just like humility and like yeah or even parenting like it is a motherhood can be like a really thankless job sometimes like my husband thanks me and he's so great at that and even my parents and just people that like get to see it a lot but there was a time like when I was like early I'm wow I'm two years in I'm so late in motherhood like <laughs> earlier there was a time, there was a time, time. <laughs> there was a time like two years ago when she was like a newborn or just the baby season where I thought man this is really really hard and I want people to know how hard it is and and to tell me like how good I am at this mm. and I wanted that like praise because I knew how hard that I was working at it and like how much energy it took from me and how much I was giving up so that I could be a good mom. Like I wanted people to tell me that, but the like more, you know, I've become a mom and just like the months that have passed, it's like he really is slowly telling me like, hey, if nobody sees this, I see it. And that is so powerful to me because even in like moments of my marriage or just like, you know, the culture that we live in of wanting to like advertise ourselves constantly and like show how good we are at something it's like who really cares like nobody yeah. and and I thought about this too like the way that I think about myself or how often I think about myself on a daily basis nobody else is doing that like nobody is sitting around going I wonder what Amanda's doing today like my 7,000 whatever like Instagram followers like half of them don't know me probably more than half don't actually know me and none of them are literally sitting around thinking like I wonder what Amanda is having for lunch today. Wow, that's so like, true. Like, nobody cares. And it's like, when you can take that, like, release that pressure off of yourself, like, God sees you. Every day is numbered. He has your life written out to a T. And it's like, there, there's going to be humbling days in that. And there's going to be days that people don't see that you maybe wish people had to, like, know how obedient you're being and how, um, like, worshipful you're yeah. being, if that's even a word. But I look back at, like, all the stories that God 
and did in the Bible. And guys, like all of them were humble, like every single one of them. Like when he healed people, like he didn't do it in front of the masses to show that he was king. Like he literally took took them to the side and said, like, do not tell anyone. And it's like. Why? I would be telling everybody. I'm like, cool, I'm going to take you to the side, but like, go shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> hey, I'm going to take you to the side and heal you, but make sure you create a hashtag about it and that's make so sure that true. people start following it. But it's like, because he was humble. And so I just feel like that that's something the Lord is teaching me is that I don't have to like tell every single person about everything I did that day that was like so honoring towards God because he sees it. And at the end of the day, if he sees it, that's all that matters. So good. So, guys, we're so thankful for you. We love you. Um, my challenge to you this week is find a devotional that you feel like you can practically do. Yeah. So going back to question number one, don't overwhelm yourself, but just, like, start your days this coming week with Jesus. And if that Devo is simply you just waking up and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, that is more than enough. So, guys, we are Basically Basic. And we know you are, too. Be blessed. And be basic. Basically Basic. Two girls, they were waiting in the Starbucks line. Basically.